who is a quilling artist. She has gained accreditation from the UK Quilling Guild in 2018 and from the North American Quilling Guild in 2020. She is the first and only accredited quilling artist in Singapore. Hi Priyanka, welcome to my show. Hi Vedant, thank you so much and I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to interview you too. Yay, let's start. (laughs) So Priyanka, I am curious to know what is quilling? What is a quill? A quill is usually the the pen that, you know, earlier times people used to use and it was used to call a quill. So when quilling was started, basically it was started in the Renaissance era when um, mostly by nuns in the church, what they used to do was they used to cut out the gilded edges of the books and they used to roll it around that quill, you know, to make like those curly shapes and then they used to make designs out of it. So that's how the name um, started, quilling. But essentially, if you talk it in the terms of craft, quilling is um, basically the art of rolling narrow strips of paper into meaningful designs. So it's basically done with strips of paper and you just use glue. So, you know, the whole thing is called quilling. When you quill, can you cut out strips from a piece of plain paper or do you need to buy? No, no, you can actually use any kind of paper suitable for quilling. I mean, of course, um, the paper should be able to hold shape after you roll. So we may not be able to use something like, say, tissue paper. But apart from that, you can actually use any kind of paper. You can use magazine papers. um, You can use catalogs. You can use cardstock. You can use construction paper. You can use your printer paper. You can use book paper. So actually, any paper that holds shape can be used. But yes, definitely, if you're doing a lot of quilling, these days it's commercially available. I mean, the pre-cut paper is commercially available. So you don't have to worry about cutting each and every strip on your own. But there is no hard and fast rule on only using pre-cut paper. You can use any paper, actually. Okay, I'm going I'm going to try the cutting on your own thing. Oh, that would be nice. That would be great. Yeah, because you don't need any specialty tools for that. If you have, say, a ruler and a cutter, then you can just, you know, mark your paper of whatever thickness you need, 3mm, 5mm, 10mm, and you can just cut them out. In fact, some quillers do that, like for specialty product uh, projects, they do cut out their own papers Because some of the papers, like not every kind is available in the market, right? So if your project needs some kind of a special thickness or a special color or a special type of paper, then they cut out on their own. So you can do that as well. And it's fun. What are the different tools that are used? Okay, so um, traditionally, you don't need a lot of tools. Because you can do quilling using just your fingers as well. But, of course, that is time-consuming and there is more chances of errors when you do that. So, there are certain set of basic tools that are good to have when you're quilling. So, for example, one is a slotted needle tool. 
um, the kind that we use that day, um, which helps you to hold one end of the paper in a slot and while you can roll it and then you can just take out the paper very easily. So that is kind of very convenient. Um, of course, you need a glue. You need any good uh, PVA glue or paper glue that is suitable for paper crafts. Um, and you can use a circle template. A circle template is nothing but, uh, you don't have to like buy a quilling template. There's nothing called a quilling template as such. There's a circle template that usually use in our thing, architectural drawings. And that circle template helps uh, you to make uniform coils. Like if you need like, say 10 cm wide coil. I mean, it's very hard to make sure that every coil you're going to roll is going to be the same size, but circle template helps you to do that. So these are like, I mean, if we talk about just the very basic quilling, you don't need more than that. But now there are so many tools available in the market that you can use. There is a quilling comb, there is a quilling crimper, there is a quilling shaper, uh, there is a husking board available. I mean, these are all like, um, commercially available tools, but they're not as, um, I mean, they're not essential for you to have if you want to do quilling. You can just do with the basic ones as well. Okay, now I understand how and where did quilling start? It, it is definitely a very old craft form, like I mentioned before. It started in the Renaissance era, or, I mean, I think the earliest record that, um, are still alive now of quilling is of Renaissance era. So we definitely know that it is very old, but then it got lost in between because I think it was one of the time consuming crafts and a lot of people didn't know about it. It was, it was primarily, uh, you know, done by people who were in the Europe or in the UK, but now it has taken a lot more popularity. At least I've been quilling for, 11 years now and in the last 11 years I have seen a huge uprising of this craft when I started I remember I I could not find any tools or paper because people have not heard of this craft form before I I was in London at that time so because this craft um, is very popular there I could find some tools and papers there but I could not find it anywhere else so, you know, it was, it kind of was dead in between and then it kind of take, took a revival in the last maybe 15 years or so. So you can see that, I mean, the la earliest work that I have seen of uh, antique quilling is of 18th century, which is there in like um, museums in UK. And there, it's, it's at some more places all over the world, but the one I have seen is in London. So it's very, very old. <laughs> I've never been to London. Oh, maybe when, whenever you get a chance to go there, I will let you know what museums hold those pieces and you can go have a look. It's really, really nice. It'd be interesting to see those ancient cooling. Yes. Uh, I would like to share this anecdote, actually. It was, um, so when I was planning my trip to London, I had written to the uh, Victoria and Albert Museum's curator that I'm interested to see um, more pieces in quilling and they informed me that the pieces are in the storage and then I mentioned to them that you know I am coming all the way from Singapore and I may not be able to come back for I don't know how many years and if there is any way they could show me those pieces and I was so surprised that they actually agreed to my request and they let me in, in their storage um, storage building of their museum 
and they actually took out all those quilling pieces that I wanted to see and they allowed me to photograph it. They allowed me to like have a closer look and everything. And I was really, really happy. So I have, I have put up all those pictures that I took of the pieces uh, from the storage room as well on my Facebook. So if you go there, you can actually see like really, really, uh, you know, those antique quilt pieces, which are not, um, you know, on display as well. So it was a really, really good experience. It was really nice. Like as a quiller, I felt really special to be able to see those pieces. What is a quilling guild and how do you get uh, accredited? Quilling guild is basically like, um, like usually guilds are normally the um, organizations run by volunteers. Uh, but they, they kind of hold the speciality in this crowd. So basically, the the original guild was founded by, um, was founded almost 40 years ago, uh, the UK Quilling Guild I'm talking about. It was founded almost 40 years ago by, I think, three quillers who, were, who have been quilling for a very long time. And basically, this decided to set up this organization that will look into um that will look into the quilling activities all over the world and they will be able to provide the support. So basically you can see that they are a kind of an organization that looks into quilling and what is happening in quilling all over the world. And they have been doing it for many, many years. So they have really experienced people on their board. And so what they do is so accreditation is basically um you can say it's it's kind of an achievement for a quilling artist to gain an accreditation because that means that their work has exceeded the standards set by the quilling guild people. How did you feel when you got accredited? Oh, I was, I was, it was unbelievable. It was really because even when I was submitting my project, even till the last day, I tried to kept on finding flaws in it. I thought, oh, this is, this I think could be a potential flaw. This could be a potential flaw. So I was not satisfied with my work. But I, technically I had met all the requirements, what they had asked me to do in the work. But I think as an artist, I was not very satisfied with it. But um, I, I I still sent it anyway. And um, I I did receive like uh, I good marks. And when I received my tradition, when I received the notification that congratulations, you know, you have passed the criteria and you, know, you have received the accreditation and we will send you a certificate. I was, it was unbelievable. I was really happy. I was also uh, a bit um, uh, shocked because, uh, you know, I thought I'm not up to the mark, but I realized that they are not looking for like, oh, you ha- how many leaves have you put? How many flowers you have put? No, they're looking for the technical expertise. They're looking for the neatness. They're looking for the balance that you've created in it. So as an artist, I may not be satisfied, but as a quiller, uh, it was it was really, really. So the experience is amazing and the feeling is like out of the world when you get it. So I was very happy. I understand how it would be. <laughs> Thank you. Doesn't your hand hurt with all the rolling? It does sometimes when I roll at a stretch and I'm not taking a break. But usually what happens is like right from uh, when you start to roll to when you finish your uh, motif, there are many, many steps in between. So what happens is that we are able to, uh, I'm able to spread the steps out in such a way that I'm not doing any particular step in one go for very long time. 
so that helps me to kind of balance it out so i'm not uh, rolling continuously at one time i will roll but i will roll say 20 strips at a time then i will shape them so it gives me a rest from rolling then i will um, glue them i will attach them to the project so that is i am able to break up the any one activity so it doesn't hurt that much <laughs> but if sometimes it requires i'm on a deadline or something and i'm rolling 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 continuously then yes my finger sometimes gets sore so when you taught me how to quill my hand didn't hurt that much but when i write a lot it hurts yeah. yes exactly because writing again is like a very continuous activity right so that's what i said i like i try to break it up the activity so that i'm not doing one thing on continuously and that's how like you know the pain kind of doesn't get to settle very much so it doesn't hurt that much. but yes if you will sit in rolls say 100 rolls at one time then maybe yes it will start to hurt the wrist posture is very important just like in writing like everybody writes differently uh when you're quilling as well you have to be very careful of your wrist posture sometimes what happens is people don't know how to hold the tool correctly so they when they roll and they they're trying to um make a bigger project they don't realize that all all the time their um you know they could have avoided the pain by just changing the wrist posture so i always uh, tell my students during the workshop that it's very important to find your comfortable posture for your wrist when you are quilling once you have found that posture then you can continue but until you have not found it try to keep you know moving your hand or maybe your wrist or maybe the location the the way you hold the tool in such a way that you are able to find that comfortable posture what all can you make with quill shape okay so now the beauty of quilling is that it is so versatile and i think uh, even though it has gained so much popularity i don't think people have uh, finally figured out that oh this is all that we could do with quilling no every day i think every every couple of months or so we will see something that is totally different that people have done with quilling so right from the very basic cards and bookmarks and you know like the two two dimensional stuff that we can do with quilling to all the way to 3d stuff like jewelry miniatures um bowls um tea light holders like proper stuff that people can use are now being made with quilling so it's just depends on how much time do you have how much expertise do you have how much interest do you have uh, in quilling and i think it's basically sky's the limit you can make anything and everything now imagine um so you like lego right now imagine um quilling pieces to be different lego pieces or like putting together a jigsaw puzzle you can make your pieces in such a way that once you join them together they make into something different or they make into something functional the only thing is uh it it depends like some people enjoy making only 3d quilling they they're not interested in making cards or uh, bookmarks and you know the other two dimensional stuff that we are creating what made you choose to be a quilling artist as a child what did you want to be i was always very creative as a child but i was growing up in the time when cre- having creativity was not really synonymous with having a career you would still expected to go for the regular um you know career 
options like be it economics or be it uh, business or be it uh, accounting or doctor or surgeon and you know stuff like that so i i i always had an aptitude for um accountancy and everything so you know my parents thought okay you know you, you do something in that so i um i ended up doing business administration in my bachelors i ended up doing masters in finance because all that was my aptitude and that was like expected of me but i realized that you know as i was like um as i finished my education as i was working during all that time quilling used to be some, so i discovered quilling while i was studying for my masters okay and all throughout like after that couple of years later as well, i realized that was one thing that i kept going back to so to be very honest i did not plan on being a quiller i did not plan on being a quilling artist always i did not it just happened to me and when it happened to me i realized it is something i want to keep doing i i kept coming back to it i kept going back to it every now and then in between things till one day i i was faced with a decision that okay either i focus on something else entirely or either i focus on this entirely but i can't keep juggling back because it was not working out and i thought okay let me give it a shot let's see how it works and um this was 7 years ago and uh, finally i decided to take it up full time to do full time workshops to do full time quilling and it was it started as a trial and i uh, registered my company and i did all the paperwork and everything i said okay let's see how it goes and it worked out it uh, it, it worked out really nicely i had uh, i i got a lot of opportunities to conduct workshops i got commissions i got to exhibit my work i got to do a lot more quilling and i enjoyed every bit of it so it just happened on its own and i i'm really glad it did because uh, i think i was always meant to be a quiller i really liked it like when you taught me how to quilt i'm still using the bookmark i made oh wow that sounds amazing and i do hope that you continue to quilt because uh, like any other craft you get better as you practice okay yeah i'll quilt more okay great what is your favorite food <sighs> my favorite food okay can dessert be a favorite food because <laughs> okay then i would say that um, um my favorite food has to be dark chocolate fudgy brownies even i like brownies yay yeah brownies are awesome thank you so much for coming on my show yay oh my god it's over already i was having so much fun talking to you about quilling <laughs> and yeah i do hope that uh, you know you also so i always say i would like to i would like to mention this thing um when i used to take workshops and i used to follow up with my students about how they're doing they always used to tell me that oh my god it's so addictive and it's unputdownable so i used to say that oh okay you have been bitten by the quilling bug it is like um, you know it is it is it is very addictive so i i used to call myself a quilling vampire and those who <laughs> i bite once they get a bug then they cannot you know stop quilling as well so it's 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 just a little um joke that i used to do with my students and i used to tell them beforehand that i'm warning you that it's addictive so start at your own risk <laughs> dear listeners follow my facebook page curious vedan to get updates on my upcoming episodes to listen at least on your phone to be notified about future episodes 
Subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant. And don't forget to rate and leave comments.